Listen up, Fins fans. You are now tuned in to All in All Fins, the Ultimate Fans Perspective Podcast, brought to you by your host, Nick Emperado. You know what it is, man. All right, so let's try this again. This is the podcast that was supposed to be out on Friday, I think. Yeah, Friday. Um, that got totally corrupted or something somehow, so we lost it. And then we really just didn't have the steam to do it. And then I recorded another one on Saturday. So um, we'll just, you know, back it up and try it again. So um, we're just going to cover the exact same thing as we did the other podcast, the top five offensive players that were ready to break out. This time we're going to do the top five defensive players. Uh, but before that, we'll just kind of get into some Dolphins news that's come on the last few days, touch on it quickly. Um, First one I'll start with is Josh Rosen. Apparently some teams have been calling engaging Miami's interest in trading, and I just want to get your thoughts on do you think he should be traded or you keep him around for another year, especially with um, injury questions and the fact that, um, you know, with COVID and everything like that, should he carry three quarterbacks or would you just rather have Jake Rudock as your third quarterback? Yeah, so... If you keep Rosen on the roster, you're going to have to have him on the active roster. You're going to have to have three quarterbacks in the active roster. If you keep, if you get rid of Rosen, you could keep another quarterback on the practice squad. Um, would it be worth keeping three quarterbacks in the active roster? I think possibly if maybe two of them might not be ready week one. And, and if something happens, they don't feel comfortable putting him in. So they'd rather have Rosen there uh, over to a, um, from Josh Rosen's perspective, though, I think he deserves another chance to get the opportunity to start somewhere because in Arizona, they didn't they didn't invest in him at all. They got another quarterback the year after. Miami's not going to invest in him. They just kind of got him for cheap, but Tua was their guy all along. So for Josh Rosen, I think he deserves another chance. Um, but I think this season and or preseason is going to be really big for him because especially the preseason, he's going to get a lot of snaps. So if he could show that he's got potential, teams are going to come calling. And if Dolphins could get a decent price for him, I don't see why they wouldn't trade him. Um, But if he doesn't do too hot, I think we'll keep him on the roster and have three quarterbacks going. But if we could get something decent for him, I think you could see him going somewhere. And I think a good place for him to be, um, just for him personally, would be to learn behind... Uh, a, a veteran like a Philip Rivers in Indianapolis or a Tom Brady uh, in Tampa Bay or even a Matt Stafford in Detroit. Um, one of those places where they don't really have a backup for the guy who's uh, going to be retiring in a few years. Even uh, Ben Roethlisberger in uh, Pittsburgh, they don't have a guy that could take over. So if Rosen could show that he's got potential, learn behind a veteran for a year or two and then step in, um, and, and have the team invest into uh, into him. I I think it could it could go well. But for him, I just kind of feel bad for the guy, honestly. Yeah, honestly, I, you know, I haven't. I'm I'm kind of split at this time because Adam Beasley reported like, what happens if you're going into week one and and Fitz is asymptomatic, he feels fine, but he tests positive for COVID, and then you lost your starting quarterback. Who's the next quarterback that's going to know the system or know the team the best, probably? You know, at this point, they're all on even playing ground as far as the um, system goes. But, you know, so I think it would be worth keeping him around unless he balls out in the preseason and somebody wants to offer you a second or a third. 
Um, but there's no reason to go and take a fourth or a fifth or something like that. You never know. A quarterback could go down midseason for a team that, you know, wants to make a playoff push like the teams you, you know, the Lions or um, the Buccaneers, the Patriots, you know, if Jared Stidham doesn't work out. Um, maybe the Rams if Jared Goff was to go down. You know what I mean? So there's a, there's a few teams, but I would just hate for him to go to, like, um, you know, I'm just, you know, like, the Cowboys or the Eagles or somebody, you know, there's always that random team that always swoops in, you know, that and, and takes a free agent or like somebody that's on the trade block like that. Like I don't, you know, I don't think he deserves to get shipped off to a team like the Browns or somebody that's, he's got no shot at winning the starting job. So, you know, keep him, have him be your second string quarterback until two is ready. And then, you know, trade him if he, in, unless you get some crazy offer or you're in a desperate need for a player or something at some point this season. Um, next yeah, bit of news. Yeah, I, oh, sorry. I just don't want no, to no, waste was, too much time on, on Josh. I was just going to say that I agree. Um, yeah. But, yeah, yeah. That's continue, all right. continue. Yeah, all right. Um, and then Jakeem Grant, he's looking pretty He's looking pretty good on Instagram and Twitter. I'm not going to lie. He's looking quick. <laughs> he's in and out of those breaks. Like, that dude is fast, man. I just I just wish the team could, um, you know, utilize him properly. I hope that he comes into this season hungry because he did post that he feels like, you know, he was underestimated and no one sees him as a receiver and he's just a kick returner and he wasn't even a good punt returner and, you know, we'll – you know we've been we talked about that a million times, but you know I'm pulling for the guy. I I like Jakeem Grant. I think if they could get uh, 50% of what Tariq Tyreek Hill does in Kansas City out of him, then then it's worth it all day long. Cause you know he is a he's a threat to score every single time. And if you put him in the slot and you got Devontae and you got Preston Williams on the outside, you know you if you overlook any one of those three. Um, you're screwed. So, you know, I hope they can get some kind of production out of Jakeem Grant and, and get him on the field for offensive plays. Yeah, that'd be uh, good to see him out there. Um, He could really be like an X factor. Uh, if you get these big bodies out here with Williams, uh, Parker, Gusecki, um, and all these other guys, and you just kind of throw Jakeem Grant in there, they might overlook him, and he's going to burn you guys deep. He's going to burn the defense deep. Um, or get him out in open space, he's going to make a guy a two-miss. So if he could, if they could find a way to get him the ball in the open space, in the open field, um, and just let him burn people, that'd be really cool to watch. Um, but I think he really needs to make plays first in the return game, both punt and kick returning. And I think he will, honestly, because he, he really could. We saw his potential, so he, he can make plays on the offense. He he can. He just he just needs to buckle down and be in the right system. And I think Chan Gailey's system, especially in RPO, honestly, because if he just runs a little quick out or a quick quick slant on the RPO, he could take that to the to the house all day long. So um, I think he's in. This is his best opportunity this year if he can stay healthy. Yeah, yeah, I agree. He'll get the opportunities hopefully. Um. So another thing I want to get into before we um, talk about our top five is. Uh, a question that came in on Twitter from um, Swampy underscore 32. He said, hey, guys, question for the podcast. Being a U.K.-based Dolphins fan, how do you feel about the London series? Um, he continued and said the London series is awesome for them because that's really their, you know, they 
limited they get limited action over there as far as that goes but how do you feel about the the london series and i'll start it off um you know i i have like a new respect for the london fans you know i never really interacted with any of them but there's some really they're probably some of our um best listeners um and i'm happy for you guys that you get the games over there but um it kind of does it kind of does suck losing a home game i wish there was some way to compensate for that and now that there's going to be a an extra game on the on the um the schedule coming up here in the next few years i won't mind as much as long as they compensate and still give you eight home games eight away games and then a, and then a you know a, some kind of you know across the sea or mexico game or you know buffalo playing in canada or whatever they do but um, for now, it's tough because Miami has such a home field advantage with the heat um, and the crowd noise, honestly. You know, and I know that you guys travel well, but if you watch a game, you know, there's there's a lot of just fans there that just want to see an NFL game. They're not necessarily Dolphins fans. So um, not that I have anything against them going to London. It just, it just sucks to lose a home game. Yeah, I, I mean, I see the point. I, I think it's cool just to – bring football all over the world um obviously this year they've canceled all overseas games with everything going on so you're not going to see that this year but like you were saying if they add when they add uh an extra game to the season they could do uh a game outside of the united states once a week because if they get 16 well yeah 16 they do 16 games get each team away from the united states they'll still have eight home games and eight away games and then you have one game overseas so neither team is winning or losing with that um it'd probably be hard to do to do one every week um but either way with uh an extra game coming and you do an overseas game anywhere uh london or mexico or wherever you're still gonna have eight home games so it won't be as bad, like you said, with an extra game. But I, I, I don't know. I find it kind of cool. It's kind of interesting um, to see and watch all these other fans uh, interact with the NFL around the world. Um, and because, you know, we, we kind of we get to wake up and go to a game almost any time we want, depending on where you are. Um, so it's, it, I feel like for somebody who doesn't get that opportunity, it's a really cool thing to watch and witness because there really isn't football anywhere besides the united states yeah and the only thing i mean it's cool that it's televised so no matter what basically you get that game on tv um it's at 9 30 in the morning usually i don't know what time that is for um you know the guys over there but you know so it's not it's not horrible don't get me wrong but um you know i i i've seen like some soccer games and the atmosphere is just a lot different. So, you know, if you guys could figure out how to bring bring the noise and get some more Dolphins fans out in London, it would be a totally different story, I think. <laughs> yeah. Like, who? I think it's Jacksonville, honestly. You know, I think Jacksonville has the, the, biggest, um, the biggest following. Jacksonville is definitely up there, and that's why they're considering moving them to London um, or, like, a, some kind of split or something. They really have a lot of fans over in yeah, London. I'm, I'm telling you, like, if a team goes to London, it's Jacksonville. They're the number one team that's going to go to. Interesting. London. That would be that would be crazy. But anyways, um, we're going to get in the top five players um, that we think are going to have a chance to break out. Um, 
Did you like going five to one and then me going five to one, or do you want to go every other again? Uh, we, I, we could just, I'll run through my five, you run through your five, we comment in between. Okay, perfect. Go oh. ahead. <clears throat> All right, take two here. Yeah. <laughs> so my five guy that I'm excited for uh, and and hoping to have a, a big year this year is Xavier Howard. Coming off the injury last year, only played a few games, 17 tackles, one interception. I love Xavier Howard. He's a big body. He's 6'1", 200 pounds. Um, he's going to press up on a lot of receivers. He's got the size to do that. Um, but I'm really hoping for him to come back and have a year like he did in 2000. 18 where he had seven interceptions and i really think that's what will separate him from everyone else like it did and, and that's what will give him and earn him his big money like he already did um he's just got to be a ball hawk um and he's gonna get the ball thrown his way because teams are probably gonna shy away from byron jones and they're gonna test Xavier howard early in the season coming off an injury see if he could pick him off um i'm honestly a little sh- nervous with Xavier Howard, I don't know how he's going to play exactly. I I don't the injury wasn't, you know, detrimental to him and his ability, but I just don't know if he was kind of a a one in, you know, one big year and then kind of slowly goes down. So I'm really excited to watch him play this year. Um and I hope he plays like he did in 2018. Seven seven picks again might be a little unrealistic, but I think he's he could get five easily. Um and he's going to get the targets. He's going to get the ball thrown his way a lot. Yeah, and, and Xavier Howard's on my list, so I won't comment too much, but um, make or break year for Xavier Howard, that's for sure. Yeah, Especially with that price tag. Yeah, exactly. And with the, the guys, we, guy we brought in and Noeg Bagnagi, and we have Nick Needham, if Xavier Howard doesn't do well, they're going to get these younger guys in there, and he might you know, find his way out of Miami. Hopefully that doesn't happen. I really do like him. We did pay him a lot, but I think he could live up to that money. Big free agent corner hitting the market next year and and um one thing i know i did want to talk about in the future is miami's choice to go um coverage over pass rush pass rush um you know so that kind of adds to that but you know what i mean like uh jalen ramsey's gonna hit the market so if you if you felt the need to get a third first round pick for xavian for some reason or something like that you know what i mean so um, but I don't think I'll. I, I, we let's not get too ahead of ourselves because he was having a big year when he was healthy. Yeah, yeah. I, when he's healthy, he could play really well. <clears throat> and Byron Jones will help him out. Um, my number four guy is Raekwon McMillan. Big fan of Raekwon McMillan, the big body from Ohio State. Hurt his rookie year in 2017. He's six two, two forty. Just a monster in the run game. 2018, he started all 16 games, had 105 tackles. 2019, uh, he started 12 games, had 72 tackles. So a little bit of a down year. Um, He missed some time. But I think with Raekwon, big question on him and the big knock on him is his ability to to cover in the pass game. Uh, He hasn't shown that uh, that well throughout his few years playing so far he's really good in the run game he gets up there he stu- uh, stuffs the run like i said he's 240 so he's got the size and the ability to do so um he's just got to get the quickness and the awareness uh in the cover because if he could cover he could be a three down linebacker but right now he's kind of only a two down linebacker a run situation type linebacker um because he just he can't cover that well and it could become a liability so I'm really hoping this year that he works on his coverage um, and could stay out there, 
learned from some guys that we've added, like Kyle Van Noy, the veteran. Um, Jerome Baker, who I like a lot, and he's really good in coverage. Just kind of figure out in coverage and, and get a lot better that way because that's the one thing missing from his game is the ability to cover because he's got the run game down. Um, that's just the one piece he's missing to become a, a, an elite linebacker. Yeah, and, and I like the Jerome Jerome Baker, Raquan McMillan tandem, and that's that's a big reason why Jerome Baker is, is in Miami. So I hope that they just continue to feed off each other. Um, they have some help in the linebacker room. They have some 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 veterans. They uh, they got like guys like Van Ginkle, who you know another year in the NFL is not, not going to do any any harm. So um, you know I I don't see why again if if they can stay healthy because it's the name of the game in the NFL um, why he can't he cannot be um, huge even if he even if it's just first and second down honestly just yeah. the running downs you yeah. Know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, he's got that down. Um, like you were saying, Raekwon and Jerome, they fit perfectly with each other. They're complete opposites in their abilities and their strengths and weaknesses, so it just, like, blends well together. But I would love to see him become a third-down linebacker and stay on the field to be able to cover it, to cover tight ends and running backs out of the backfield um, to really be a, uh, an elite linebacker. Because um, he's got the tackles, he's got the ability to stuff the run. He just needs to cover a little better. But I'm excited. I think he's going to have a great year this year with the defense and the pieces we added. Um, he's not going to have to worry as much, honestly, in the past game because uh, we got guys like Byron Jones and Noeg Bignaghi, um and Kyle Van Noy. So <clears throat> really liking Raekwon this year. Yeah, me too. Um, my number three is Eric Rowe, 6'1", 205, safety. Uh, 2019, he had eight. 81 tackles and one interception. Um, but he started out the year on the Dolphins as a corner, and we all know that it did not look good for him. His career was pretty much saved by him switching to safety and his ability to cover tight ends. Um, this 81 tackles is huge because we need a safety that could help him get in the box. But the thing I'm excited for Eric Rowe is, like I said, his ability to cover the tight ends. He did it so well last year it saved his career it's the reason he's on this team still we're playing a lot of top tight ends we're playing the 49ers with uh george kittle we're playing the chiefs with travis kelsey so he's really this is going to be his year to shine and show that he can play in the nfl and make a huge impact on this team because besides kyle van noy uh we might have a tough time covering tight ends and if eric roll can do that and just lock up a tight end it is going to be huge and I, i'm Really excited to watch him and just study him and look at him covering tight ends this year. Yeah, and, and maybe like that's like a uh, so, something that they can mold Brandon Jones into too. Because nowadays you have to. I mean, you got people like um, Mike Sicky. You got people like um, uh, Evan Ingram, uh, the Hawkinson kid from from Detroit. I mean, you got tight ends that Noah fan. Like you got tight ends that don't don't know how to block. They cannot block. They might as well just be wide receivers, but they're just big and lanky and run weird. So if you don't have somebody that can cover tight ends, they will torch you. And Miami has been torched by tight ends for the last five plus years because Rashad Jones was not good at it. Bobby McCain is not good at it. He's probably, he probably was the best on the team before Eric Rowe. And, um, 
you know, again, another reason just to trust his coaching staff because um, not only did it save the career, um, it probably made a big difference in those winning five out of nine games at the end of the year because he came in huge for this team. Um, and if he continues it, there is nothing wrong with that. And, you know, we should be happy because that would be one last thing we have to worry about. And that should be one last thing Bobby McCain has to worry about when he's playing single high deep safety. Yeah, exactly. Um, it, like you were saying, it helped out huge. And with all these tight, young tight ends coming in the league that are just so fast that, you know, they're in just to burn guys because linebackers have a tough time covering them. Corners have a tough time covering them because they're too big. Well, it falls to safeties a lot of time, and even safeties have trouble with it. So if Eric Rowe can do that, it's huge. Um, he's not going to get, you know, five, six, seven interceptions, but he's going to get a lot of tackles, and he's going to lock down the tight end. Um, so one interception, you're like, oh, he must have not done that good. But it's not the interceptions that's the stat I'm, you know, into. It's the fact that he was able to cover tight ends and just help and do his job on the field. Um, <clears throat> my number two guy is a new addition to the team. Shaq Lawson. I'm excited for Shaq Lawson. 6'3", 260. He had six and a half sacks last year, but he started zero games for Buffalo. And it's not because he was bad. Um, they had Jerry Hughes. They had Trent Murphy. They just He just didn't start. But he got in. He played less than 50% of the defensive snaps for Buffalo, and he still got six and a half sacks. That is huge. He's going to play well over 50% of the defensive snaps for Miami. He's going to start. Um, so I'm excited for his production to see what he can do starting 15, 16 games a year if he stays healthy. Uh, we're not looking the, – the Dolphins, this team isn't set up to have a guy to have 15 sacks a year. Um, and I don't expect Shaq Lawson to get double-digit sacks, but I expect him to get eight to nine sacks next year, and I think that's very well doable. Um so I'm excited to see what he can do coming off the edge and rushing the passer and playing more snaps than he did in Buffalo and getting more opportunity to hit the quarterback because starting zero games and playing less than 50% of the defensive snaps and getting six and a half sta uh, sacks still, I think is very impressive. So when he is full-time starting out there, I'm excited to see what he can do. Yeah, I'm curious to see like what changed for Shaq Lawson because if you ask Buffalo fans, and we, we live like right in the heart of Buffalo country, so... Um, if you ask Buffalo fans two years ago, they would say they didn't care if Shaq Lawson was gone. Then he plays 50% of the snaps or less. And then now I got people texting me when we sign him like, oh, that's a big loss for the, for the bills. You know, um, I'm curious to see what changed. Maybe it's just like the regimen or the, you know, the winning mentality. Um, but 50% of the snaps for a, a defensive player like that, a former first first round pick that's a that's a rest year so he's gonna be coming in rested um he's becoming he's gonna be coming into a system that um again they are they're gonna make sure he plays to his strengths and even if he plays 50 percent of the snaps again you could you could be on the lookout for you know six to ten sacks again you know and that's huge so um he'll probably be our maybe best pass rusher it depends. It, it really does depend because we. I think we're going to see some changes in the defense this year. It's not going to be like it was last year. They're not going to take as many chances. They're gonna. They're gonna set themselves up to, um, you know, to win those third and shorts and, and try to get more turnovers this year. So I think 
I think there's going to be a little bit of difference. You might not see that Amoeba look as much this year, which, um, you know, hopefully, again, like I said, you know, we get the production, we get Shaq Lawson to buy into the program. And if it does, and like I, like you said, if he gets eight to nine sacks, that's more than worth the, the 30 million he's going to get paid over the next three years. Yeah, and I think him and honestly Kyle Van Noy are going to be our top two pass rushers this season uh, in in sacks. I think they're going to lead the team, those two. Yeah. Um, and that brings me to my number one guy, Jerome Baker. Jerome Baker is my favorite player on this defense, possibly on the team. I absolutely love Jerome Baker. He's 6'2", 225. Uh, Third-round pick out of Ohio State, played with Raquan McMillan. Uh, 2018, his rookie year, he had 78, uh, 79 tackles and played more of an outside linebacker-type position. But last year, moved to truly in the middle with Raquan in our hybrid defense, and he led the team 129 tackles. Um, he is great in pass coverage. I touched on that before. Um, but his one knock on him is in the run game he gets flushed out a little bit every once in a while because he is only 225 playing linebacker he sometimes gets pushed out by these big offensive linemen and you don't really see him in the play um but he still gets there he still made a lot of tackles this year um, but i think if he could get a little stronger hold his ground hold his own um and have the ability to make plays he's going to and i think for Jerome Baker to be really successful um, because he is a little smaller, but he is so quick and fast and his ability to cover is great. If you get these guys with the addition of Kyle Van Noy, Shaq Lawson, and Emmanuel Ogba, you get these big bodies kind of taking up the offensive line. You have Raekwon flushing plays to Jerome Baker and let Jerome Baker make the play. He's going to make the play. Um, so if they could find a way to f kind of free him up and not get as many offensive linemen on him, he's going to make plays. He's going to be huge. Um, I, I hope Jerome Baker does exactly what he did last year and more. He is, like I said, my favorite player on this defense, the guy that I'm most excited for to watch uh, on the defense this year, uh, Jerome Baker, hoping he gets 100-plus tackles again, starts all 16 games, just gets after it this year. See, I, yeah, I agree completely. So Jerome Baker's strength would be going sideline to sideline. Um, but if they scheme themselves just one time a game, two times a game, a couple times a game, where out of nowhere Jerome Baker will, you know, they'll run a stunt and Jerome Baker will shoot the gap. And if he gets a tackle for a loss on a running back or a sack, he could find himself getting five, six, seven sacks and ten tackles for loss. You know what I mean? He's so fast. If the, Again, they have so much more depth on the defense they don't need him to play every down like they did last year. And, you know, he got hurt, and we thought he tore his ACL in, against the Colts. And during the preseason, I tweeted out he's going to have 200 tackles this year because it didn't look like anybody else on the defense could make a play. So, again, he, if he sees, sees some time off the field, which I think he will, if he stays on the weak side and he can play sideline to sideline, um, you know, because he's going to get around a pulling guard or a pulling tackle. That – I don't. That's not what I'm worried about. It's when he crashes down in the mixture of all the big guys is when he just turns into – he just gets washed. So um, if he can play fast, then he'll be successful. And you'll see him have over 100 tackles. You'll see him have a pick, a pick six probably um, because he's so athletic. 
Um, and you'll, you know, hopefully see him get some sacks and not just clean up sacks, like, you know, blow the quarterback up or crush the running back on a flat, you know, on a little dump off on the, you know, the sideline. So um, I, I also really like Jerome Baker. I get nervous that he doesn't have what this like regimen wants in a linebacker, but I think if they, if, if they're smart, they'll find a way to use him properly. Yeah, exactly. He like you were saying, he is so athletic and he's fast, <clears throat> and he's kind of like your nowadays um, next generation linebacker because of, of his ability to cover and his ability to run um, and play sideline to sideline. Um, you know, when they run to the outside and and run pitches or sweeps to the outside, he'll meet the running back at the line of scrimmage. That's just when they run it up the gut, he'll just kind of get flushed out, and you're kind of playing ten on eleven. Um. So, yeah, and right. even if he could learn to just sit back on stuff like that, like if he's reading, um, you know, maybe and they might have him play middle linebacker. Like I think Jerome Baker is a better middle linebacker, but um, uh, Jerome Baker is um, uh, Raquan McMillan. Mil, Raquan McMillan is a better middle linebacker than Jerome Baker, but um, Jerome Baker is a leader of the team. He's a captain, um, and he was he was you know the voice of the defense last year. So. Um, I hope they can kind of get him out of that role so he can be in a more role that he's more comfortable in. But, um, again, I think I think he could, like you said, he could blow up this year. Yeah, yeah. Like you were saying, uh, the leader of the defense, the voice of the defense, um, he is so young still. He was a captain. That's what I just really like about him. Um, and I think Brian Flores likes him a lot. I think Flores wants him to be – uh, the the leading guy on this defense. I think Van Noy will probably take over a lot of that, um, just being a veteran and playing with Flores longer than Baker. Um, but I think Jerome could take a lot and learn a lot from Kyle Van Noy. Which is good. I mean, I I, I don't, you know, if, if he's smart, um, you know, longevity is going to be what he's striving for, to be on this team for a while um, and and be successful for a long time. Yeah, yeah. Um, agree completely. But I'll run through my top five here. Um, at number five, I have a new addition as well um, in Byron Jones. And the reason I put him on there is because he, this year there's not going to be that, um, well, I don't get the ball thrown at me type deal because no one's just going to come on the field and say, well, let me throw it to Xavier Howard the whole time. Or, you know what I mean? Or let me try to throw it deep and you have, or try to like force it to my tight end the whole time because of Eric Gross track record tra- track record at the end of the year last year. So I need to see him get those interceptions that he's, he has not had for two years. Um, I'm going to need a little bit more than single digit pass deflections. He, the ball is going to be coming his way and he needs to earn that paycheck. And I really think that he will. He's probably the most athletic guy in the field whenever he steps on the field. Um, he can he can press you man to man. He can punch you in the face. Um, he can play zone. Uh, he can cover tight ends because he has safety experience. He can come down in the box and tackle, and that's what the Dolphins want. They want corners that are big, fast, athletic, and can tackle. Hundred percent, no questions asked. Um, and and I really hope that he is the boundary corner, and that we can have that Sam Madison and Patrick Sertain, Sertain duo um, with the corners. Yeah, uh, like you were saying, he need, uh, when he gets the ball thrown his way, he needs to make more plays than he did last year. Um, <clears throat> last year, I mean, he didn't play bad. Uh, he didn't get the ball 
thrown to him as much as he had in the past just because there wasn't uh, uh, really that much of a threat on the other side, so he didn't get targeted as much. But it was only his second year playing corner. Um, but his first year playing corner in 2018 was definitely a year that we want to see in Miami and have him play like he did in 2018. Um, and if he does uh, and Xavier Howard plays well, it's going to be a crazy cornerback duo in Miami. Which brings me to my number four, who I actually have a tandem at number four because I think these guys are going to get compared a lot this offseason, training camp, whatever does end up happening. I think these two are going to be the iron that sharpens each other because um, I think that Nick Needham is going to come into the season with a chip on his shoulder. They went and they they um, spent a first-round pick on Noah Egmanagny, who is pretty much unit unanimous decision to come in and start at nickel cornerback right away. Which I believed um, after the Byron Jones signing, that was Nick Needham's spot to lose. So, and before the Byron Jones signing, I thought it was Nick Needham and Xavier Howard, which I was pretty excited about because he played well. Uh, but the tandem is is Noah Igbenogny and and Nick Needham because I think that they're gonna make each other better, and you never know what kind of development Noah's gonna have. So you might even see Nick Needham starting at the beginning of the year. You might see um, Xavier Howard can't stay healthy and then Nick Needham's on the boundary. So um, I think they're going to have a big year together. Nick, um, and and they're going to be the focal point of the passing game for the opposition anyways because, again, you're not really going to go out there and say, well, I'm going to throw it Byron Jones or I'm going to throw it Xavier Howard. I don't care if your name's Michael Thomas um, or Keenan Allen or whoever. You know what I mean? Not that we face... Michael Thomas this year, but it's just just a big name receiver. But you know, if Noah can bring the even the special teams ability that he brings, being that he's so so athletic, or he can find himself to come down with a couple picks, a bunch of tackles, and play well and not get burned this year. And if Nick Needham can continue to buy in and get better like he did last year, because in the preseason last year, I didn't think he was going to make the team. Look, he made the team. He was our best corner at the end of the year. And I think that as, as long as he continues to try to get better and buy into the program, that's going to be amazing depth at, in the secondary for us. And you won't have to worry about that, oh, man, Xavier Howard went down because now you got Nick Needham to step right in. You won't have to worry about the growing pains of Noah Igbenogny getting burnt because if he's getting burnt, Flores is going gonna, is gonna to hook him. So, um, these two are just going to make each other better and, and really step up the secondary. Yeah. Um, back to like one of your first points. When uh, After Nick Needham, how he played uh, at the end of the uh, season last year, I mean, he had a rough start, undrafted free agent, being pretty much the number one corner. You're not going to expect him to play insane. But he really started figuring things out. He worked hard, and you can see him getting better each week. Um, so at the end of the year, I was like, oh, Xavier Howard's going to come back healthy next year. We're going to have Nick Needham. Like, this cornerback duo might be pretty good. Um, and then we had two more guys who, you know, probably going to play over Nick Needham. But I am very I, – I like Nick Needham a lot. I fell in love with him last year just because you always root for those underdogs, those guys who are undrafted free agents who will always have a chip on their shoulder, and that's exactly what Nick Needham is. Um, he's that underdog. So anytime he makes a play, like, it, it's, it's just even better when he makes a play. So I really hope he gets his snaps this year, and I think he will. Um, but I think he I, – I hope he makes the most of his opportunities because I am really excited, and I hope he's on the Dolphins for a while, and I hope he continues to grow and play well because he was showing that he's got some potential at the end of last year. 
Yeah, and, and it's they're two t- totally different players. One's a four six guy. One's a f- low sub four fours, and probably I think he might even ran a four three at his at his pro day. Um, so totally different players, but both are going to be have huge impacts on the defense this year. Um, another guy that's going to have a huge impact on the defense this year, who also needs to have an impact on the defense this year, is Christian Wilkins. He was solid as all get out last year. He was the the probably the fire of the team. The man runs on the field every time the offense scores a touchdown and jumps on somebody. Like he is fun to watch. He's got a great personality. But we spent a first round pick, a high first round pick, because it's still in the top fifteen on him. He has no excuses this year. Um, he's got a lot of pieces. A lot of he's not he's not the main piece on the defense this year. So I'm gonna need him to get to step his game up big time this year, which I think he will because he is not only mature because he came out of college at 24, which means he's 25 this year. Um, He played well last year. He scored a touchdown. He's the energy and the fire of this team, and I could see him easily being one of the best defensive tackles in the AFC um, this year because I I think that he his potential is is super super high, um, and he's got the motor, he's got the buy in, and um, now he has the players around him to not get focused on and not get swallowed up. Yeah, uh, he's he's a big body uh, in the on the defensive line six four three fifteen, um, <clears throat> and a lot of people were like, oh, Ed Oliver had what is five sacks last year and everyone was freaking out about Ed Oliver. But, you know, Christian Wilkins is not going to be asked to get sacks. He's going to be asked to stuff the run, uh, hit the quarterback, um, but get tackled for losses. He had three last year, but he had 56 total tackles, um, 30 of them, which were solo. So he's really getting splitting the offensive line and stuffing the run up the middle. Um, so I'm, I, I, that's what I think his biggest impact is going to be is doing that. Um, and he's going to have, he's not going to have to worry about getting to the quarterback because we have Shaq Lawson and Calvin Noy and Emmanuel Ogba on the outside. So he's just going to be focused on stuffing the run up the middle and maybe hitting the quarterback every once in a while through the middle. But I'm really excited for Christian Wilkins. He's got the potential. He's got the size. Um, and he's got the maturity, like you said, to, to be really good. Right. And, and three to five sacks couple tackles for losses but if he's efficient in the run game and and we can find if we can find a way to improve the run game this year that's what we need and and it will be huge to know that you know we can stick Christian Wilkins out there at anywhere nose tackle all the way out to probably the five technique I would say um, and not have to worry about him and then you know at that point, you can focus on everybody else on the D-line. And, and, and Devon Godshaw is on a contract year, so he's going to need to play very well this year too. So they might be a, a duo to watch out for on this defense. Coming in at number two, somebody that you highlighted, so I'll just go through it quickly, um, Raquan McMillan. The reason I have him on there is because he's in a contract year. Um, I know he did lose a season due to a torn ACL his rookie season. Um, but still, he shows he showed crazy improvement in the running game last year. He was the, the only person that could stop the run on the team last year. Um, he actually showed something that I thought was really interesting and I forgot about until I really started thinking about Raekwon McMillan. 
they stuck him at DN a couple times last year, and I think that would be a really interesting thing to toss in there. Um, watching him just go out there, and he's got one thing to do is just pin his ears back, blow the tackle off the ball, and get to the quarterback, or or even just blow the tackle off and cut straight down and crush that crush that running back before he gains more than a yard. So um, his versatility is going to be huge. He's got he's got experience in the NFL. He he's a big dude. He hits hard. Um, he's got the pieces around him to again. There's no pressure on him at all. He's he's got a he's he can earn another contract easily. He's a good fit for this defense, and I think he's going to be able to get himself a couple sacks. But most importantly, even if he plays first and second down or just running downs or whatever to be a huge impact in the running game because he, he really fits those gaps nicely and, and collapses down well, and he does not get washed at all. Yeah, um, I mean, I talked about him, so just <clears throat> quick thing, but like you were saying, his his ability in the run game and his huge improvement was huge last year. Uh, helped out a lot on the defense. Um, but I, one thing I don't think I can emphasize enough is how much – I would love Raekwon and Jerome to be like the next Patrick Willis and Navar Bowman, like the next dynamic duo. I love both these guys. They're young. They've played together in college. Like if they could both just keep improving and helping each other because they have opposite strengths and weaknesses so they could just play back and forth between each other. Like I would love nothing more than to see these guys just run the league and run the middle of defense for a long time in Miami. Yeah, I, I don't see why they can't because, again, like you said, they complement each other perfectly. So um, as long as everybody's staying healthy, as long as everybody's playing to their strengths and not trying to do too much and trusting everybody else around the team, I think that these two could could really, really break out. And we could have we could have just a, you know, a monster defense. Again, I, I, I can't stress this enough. On paper right now, this is a top 10 defense. I don't care anybody that wants to fight with me about it. Let's fight because <laughs> this defense on paper looks crazy, 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 crazy. As long as they can play the, to their strengths, um, I'm, I'm super excited. And, and that brings me to the player that I'm most excited about that I really think is going to have a breakout year um, is Xavier Howard. Um, two reasons. Um, he – was a top five corner in the league. He had a down year last year. The one game he really did play in, the first half, he had an interception. He almost had two interceptions against Pittsburgh. Um, so please, I like, think about Xavier Howard and who he is without the injuries because without the injuries and now a shutdown corner on the other side, the secondary is filling out. The D-line is finally going to be able to get to the quarterback. Just look at what he did against Andrew Luck. Look what he did against... Um, Tom Brady. I don't even remember who was playing quarterback again for the Broncos when he had two interceptions. Like the dude can flat out ball. And I honestly would not doubt that he leads the league in interceptions this year because the dude is a ball hawk. If he plays 16 games this year, he's gonna lead the league and lead lead the league in interceptions because he's an absolute ball hawk and he is perfect for this defense because um I I, I'm, you know what I mean? Like, if you're looking at Xavier Howard versus Byron Jones on paper, you're looking at Xavier Howard as, as the face of the defense because he's just like Stephon Gilmore, Gilmore and Tredavious White. He's he's that guy that's going to get the ball. He's not afraid to come down in the running game. And, and he's a baller. So as long as he can stay healthy, 
he's going to be the best player on the defense next year. No, no doubt in my mind. Yeah, um, and I had talked about him, <clears throat> so I'm not going to take up too much time. But like you were saying, he did do he did do well in the game he played last year. Um, but I mean, I, I think if he could get back to 2018 and play like he did, he's going to get the ball thrown his way a lot. Um, so I, I am excited for him. I just hope he can pick up like how he played in 2018 because besides that year we've seen improvements uh in his early career but you know the injury kind of set him back so we didn't really know what he could have been in 2019 but uh like you said i i mean i i agree i'm excited for him and i think he did have some injury issues two years ago as well but um you know he only played five games last year which kind of sucks but yeah he played 12 games and he played 12 games in 2018 and had seven interceptions so um you know what i mean the dude is yeah it and and we're talking not only interceptions 12 pass deflections in 2017 he had 13 with four interceptions i mean the dude is a baller i mean he's he he makes tackles he makes tackles by himself um you know, he, he gets in the backfield and gets tackles for losses. Um, I think one of his biggest strengths is those stupid bubble screens. He The dude blows them up all the time. So his his I'm, I'm banking on his talent um, and him recovering from any injuries and, and having a healthy year this year because I think that um, – and, and I can't tell you how many times I've pu- almost pulled the trigger on an Xavier Howard jersey. Uh, <laughs> but, man, like – I almost bought a Minka jersey, so I mean, Yikes. I had yeah. Thank God I didn't do that. <laughs> right now in my basement, I have a Jarvis jersey, which I'm gonna have my my girl. Um, she got this new machine, so she's gonna put a like a Fitzpatrick st- sticker thing on there. So, so oh, at least nice. I have a Fitz jersey. I got a Sue jersey, which I won at a state fair, so at least I didn't spend any, too much money on that. Yeah, you know, I got Ricky, and I got a custom jersey, and two was on the way, but. Um, Xavier Howard is like, you know, like probably my favorite player on the defense just because I'm like the two positions that are probably my favorite on the, on the team are running back and, and cornerback. So, um, you know, I hope he can have a big year this year for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, looking back at his stats, he did have a solid year in 2017. So he, he is improving, um, so I yeah I'm excited to see what he can do with this defense, uh, especially with all the improvements that we've made. It'll help out everyone. Yeah, top top ten defense. But guys, listen, um, make sure you follow me on Twitter, all in all fins. Uh, I'm pretty close to 500 followers. I I I got the watch band in today, so be on the lookout for the give out giveaway. Uh, we're getting we're getting so close to a thousand views. Um, we're over 50. Um, estimated subscribers because obviously I don't know the exact number but you know I think thank you guys for the support um, make sure you follow me on Twitter and subscribe to the podcast so you know when we post because right now we're posting about every other day um, come the season I'm gonna try to try to post a podcast every single day because obviously we won't be stretching for content and during the season um, but I hope everybody's staying safe and healthy and fins up And if you hear this podcast, guess what? We made it.